Hello, everyone. This is Richard Robertson from the Dean's Office. With me today is Bill Stoman, who is uh, the chair of our music department and has provided outstanding leadership for the past 20 years. He's been a friend and colleague since he came here in the 90s. Uh, he teaches trumpet. He's an amazing performer on the trumpet and also an outstanding teacher, a well-known teacher, internationally known teacher. Um, and so he's worn many hats here at Messiah College. He conducted our bands at one time. But today we're going to talk about jazz because we have a jazz band concert coming up Saturday night, as we usually do on homecoming. So this Saturday, October 19th at 7.30 in Palmer Hall, you'll get to hear both of our jazz bands uh, in concert. So, Bill, let's talk a little bit about our jazz program and how we got to where we are today. Outstanding. Happy to do it. And thank you for having me today. I'm very excited to be part of the podcast. I'm glad I made the cut. Yeah. I, you <laughs> know, I had to think about that for a while. I wasn't sure, you know, but no, we're, you know, I think that was kind of a done deal. Oh, so. great. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm always excited to talk about uh, what we're doing here and in particular with the jazz ensembles because it's just been a love of mine from the beginning. And, you know, you, you recall as well as I do, you look back at those 20 some years ago and, and uh, humble beginnings might be the best way to describe it. But through a lot of student interest and a, a a love for jazz on the part of a lot of people, administrative support, yours and others, we were able to really grow something special here. And I think something that um, a lot of people would not expect to find mm -hmm. at a school like ours. Right. For a variety of reasons. Um, and so went from that one jazz ensemble to two jazz ensembles and two combos. Um, and, and then a key element is the presence of Kirk Reese, our jazz improvisation teacher, and of course, Tim Warfield, our artist in residence, um, yes. two gentlemen that have had very much behind the scenes for the most part, but in, I view their impact on the jazz program as being incredible. Yeah, of course, it isn't behind the scenes for me because I see the students, I talk to the students who have worked with both of them. I mean, I've seen the impact. I've seen non-music majors who are so impacted by their work with Kirk Reese. And I can hear, of course, the impact that he has on our students when they improvise with the jazz bands, when they improvise at concerts. And of course, Tim Warfield, uh, just what an, what an enormously wonderful presence mm. that has been. I mean, not only do we get to hear him play uh, <laughs> right. every year, but uh, we, also, uh, we also see the result of his work with the students. And, and I certainly see the excitement on their faces when they get to work with him. It's remarkable. And, you know, we have um, we've garnered some invitations, for example, to play at the PMEA conference. And those have been incredible experiences. And I must say that I'm, I'm, you know, people come to those concerts expecting to hear a certain level of performance. And um, I think they, you know, they were pleasantly surprised by how well the band played as an ensemble, how well they worked together. I think what they were not expecting was that the level of improvisation would be what it is. Yes. And there are a lot of large colleges and universities who can field a very strong jazz ensemble with, you know, great depth of studios and players. But not only the level of improvisation, but the nature in which it's taught here, which is in a very traditional way that Kirk approaches it, it's just purely authentic, and it comes across mm -hmm. that way. And I'm, I'm so excited. Even for this weekend, there are some improvisers that will be heard Saturday night who really haven't had their chance to shine yet, but who have been studying diligently with Kirk. And they're going to have an opportunity to step up to the mic where in the past few years they haven't. And um, I'm truly excited about that. 
Could we talk a little bit then about another aspect of the growth of the program, which is uh, something that began right at the beginning, which is uh, using Roy Mitchell to write arrangements sure. and uh, your work sure. with that? Yeah, lifelong friendship with Roy. We met in undergraduate school, and I knew he would be the person that I would turn to. Uh, when I was teaching public school, he actually did all the arranging for the marching band that I had. Um, ah, and, I never knew that. Yeah, and, and also wrote, uh, wrote some original works that I did on junior and senior recitals in college. So, mm -hmm. And we're in touch to this day. In fact, as you know, my oldest son's name is Mitchell. Yes. And uh, so there's that connection. Um, but... Coming to Messiah, you know, like any institution, you could you could view something as either um, a hindrance or a limitation, or you could look at it as a possibility. There is no question. We love to embrace who we are, right? We know exactly who we are as an institution. Uh, it's important to our students and faculty and everyone. And I think all that we do in music, we represent that beautifully. Um, we are great ambassadors for the college and enjoy that role. So when I looked at the jazz ensemble thing, I thought, all right, well, this will be interesting, but let's explore this idea of sacred jazz, of making sure that Messiah College is represented beautifully through whatever we do artistically with the jazz ensemble. And so that's when I reached out to Roy. And the first little experiment was just an opening chorale we played all the time. It was the setting of the doxology, a jazz setting of the doxology. And that really was the beginning um, and which led, of course, to a collection of so many pieces that we were able to do an entire album, which we called Swing Sweet Spirit. And it was a whole collection of sacred works for jazz ensemble, which, you know, were in the jazz style. They were still the tunes. They were very traditional and stayed, you know, stayed committed to the tunes, but then allowed for improvisation and allowed for stylistic interpretation. And it's, it's been a niche of ours. It really has been. Yeah, and it's been a great one, too. Yeah. And, of course, it's evolved over over the years. And now you said there's a new new arrangement that you're going to have this, there is. this Saturday. So we're finally going to give the doxology a rest mm -hmm. at the beginning of the concert. And uh, it's a new setting. It was originally a choral piece by James L. Stevens, and it's a setting of I Need Thee Every Hour, a gorgeous piece of music, just glorious. And so I asked Roy to set that for us, and that'll be our new opening tonight uh, or on Saturday night. And... and I'm excited about it because he's eventually going to write the entire arrangement for us. On Saturday, we'll kind of preview the first minute and a half or so. Uh, but I'm excited about that and excited to stay connected to that tradition. Yeah, that's great. And that, one of my favorite things, of course, was the evening that you had uh, about Rachel Flowers. Oh, yeah. The first African-American student here at Messiah. Could you talk a little bit about that? That was the commission for Roy. It was. You know, um, initially, uh, it was a conversation that Bernardo Michael and I had, and Christina Thomas, our former student, student. Mm -hmm. who's now, at, I think, on, working on the Ph.D., if yeah. not, not yeah. just about done with it, had done incredible research on Rachel Flowers, and I was really intrigued by it. And so we started this conversation, the three of us sat down, and it was one of those moments when the whole thing really just unfolded right in front of us, in minutes. And I envisioned this piece that would involve Christina's research and use her as a narrator on the program, and then employ all the musical forces we had on, on campus in regard to jazz, and then to commission Roy to write these works that reflected her research and reflected the rich tradition here at Messiah and Rachel's presence. And it was this incredible, heartfelt, you know, multi-movement suite uh, that had, you know, just really wonderful jazz stylings in it and some great traditional religious music in it. And it was just a, a really great collaboration. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a wonderful evening, I remember. And just to say, Rachel Flowers was a student here very early in the 20th century. Yeah, and early 1900s. We were trying to remember if it was in the teens or 20s, but it was definitely around that time. Mm -hmm. And... Um, 
And Christina really researched, you know, the history of her family and how she came to be at Messiah, what happened to her afterwards. It was just, it was a marvelous, marvelous evening. Well, now tell us about this Saturday's concert. So we will um, open with I Need Thee Every Hour, and then uh, a, a very much left turn and <laughs> into some really big band jazz stuff, uh, mm -hmm. a tune called Groovin' Hard by Don Menza. And I picked this tune because it would absolutely be too difficult for us. Um, and so, <laughs> which means that I knew that I was going to stretch them, right? I, absolutely. And I was going to be rolling my sleeves up. But I, the students embrace this challenge wholeheartedly. And you're going to hear some really great soloing on that. Um, and it, it's a great chart. They sound wonderful on it. Um, and then I, I wanted the chance to feature one of our up-and-coming trumpet players who's been kind of, you know, as, as the, the challenging thing about uh, groups in educational settings are, of course, that students move on, right? We have them for such a short time, four years, and then as soon as they develop and become leaders, it's time for them to go on to grad school That's and right. get jobs and That's all right. those things. So, <laughs> But the exciting part is, of course, is that now I get to see these younger students come up and so I uh, picked an Oliver Nelson tune. I love Oliver Nelson's writing, one of my favorite writers, and it's called Ruby. Uh, it's going to feature Noah Allen, uh, again, up-and-coming trumpet player. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, this will be his first time to be in front of the band. Playing now he's probably solo. been in the band. Um, this is actually his first semester in Jazz One. Okay, but he was in Jazz Two he last was, year? Yes, okay. yep. And, um, and it'll be his first semester to walk out front and have mm -hmm. a, a thing all to himself. Mm -hmm. um, and then our, our great guitarist, Sam Brown, will be featured on that as well. Oh, so strong mm -hmm. tradition of that here as well. And mm -hmm. um, So that's that tune. And then um, there, this is a shorter program, but longer, you know, Sure, longer pieces. Longer pieces because it's it's yeah. bigger music and um, more improvisation. I and more yes. improvisation. Mm -hmm. And so the last tune I, I picked is um, it's an, actually another Don Menza thing. It was kind of a focal point this semester. Mm -hmm. It's called Beulah Witch. Mm -hmm. Interesting title. Yes, yes. And it's the students love this music, uh -huh. and it is it's, it's really difficult. But we have had a great time working on it. Um, and it was an opportunity to really open things up. So you're going to hear a variety of soloists on that. Um, and I'm super excited about that because, again, they're not the names that have been heard on stage for the last year or so. Right. These right. are folks now who are going through our system, studying improvisation, working from jazz two to jazz one, and getting their shot. And I'm, it's so exciting. Right. That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. Now, we've mentioned jazz two a couple of times. Jazz two, of course, will be part of this concert. Yep. And Mark Hunsberger leads jazz too now. Mm -hmm. You used to at one time, but right? uh, yeah. you, you, you're too busy with other things, I guess, now. And uh, right. <laughs> you have a thing or two yeah. to do. A couple things. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I just have to say about Mark, of course, uh, Mark was a work-study student in my office when he was a student here. He's right. one of our alums. Yeah. He went off to Michigan State and got his master's in, in, uh, in jazz studies. And he's, he actually works for the Harrisburg Symphony now. Right. Is here in town, and he's he's leading this uh, this ensemble, and so uh, and he's a drummer, by the way. So um, and and another working musician who has all he wears all of these hats. He, he does, teaches. That's right. He works for the Harrisburg Symphony, where he's the director of their educational programs, and uh, and he leads our jazz too. Uh, could you talk a little bit about jazz too? Is it a little bit different philosophy for that ensemble. It is. It's it's always been um, you know, sort of a 
I don't want to say a training ground, but ultimately it ends up being that way. The students with the most experience and who've got a background in jazz, ultimately, whether they get it here or they come in with it, find themselves in jazz one, where the expectations are a little different. Jazz two really is, is kind of a training ground. It's more of a big band philosophy. We try mm-hmm. to cover a lot of ground and teach a lot of music there. Mark, um, you know, I, I love having Mark around. Um, part of it's kind of nostalgic for me because he, he was the drummer in Jazz One. Mm-hmm. Right. And was the drummer in Jazz One during one of our peak years when we played the state conference. Oh, great. And it was mm-hmm. super exciting to have him there. And now, great to have him back. Well, of He's, course, Paul Bratcher was here at the same time. Was so the you had same some great time. students at that time. Ethan yeah. Lichtenberger was the bass player. Yeah, those mm-hmm. are all. And this is the thing, you know, it, even, you know, in conversation here, we fall into individual names. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing that's fascinated me about jazz over the years, yes. and I think why I love it, in that we talk about the New York Philharmonic, or we talk about you know the Los Angeles Philharmonic. Those are large <laughs> groups, but, but in jazz, it always comes down to the individual, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. individual person, that individual expression. Right. Even in the big band, you know, you, there's individual players who are standing and soloing. There's so much the relevance with that. And, and um, so, yeah, I look back over the years and I, I can name so many names. Kurt yes. Durley, for example, yes, right from the beginning one of the mm-hmm. first great drummers that we had here. And of course, Paul Bratcher and his influence through as a pianist, mm-hmm. Re- just mm-hmm. remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so Mark is one of those people, of course, that stands out in that regard through mm-hmm. his musical leadership and his gifts. And so to have him in front of our students and for him to know exactly where they are and exactly what he needs to deliver has just been tremendous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing is sometimes sometimes students are there on a second instrument. Am I right about that? It Occasionally, is, yeah. yeah. So jazz too, uh, sometimes we have music education majors who want to become better at playing the trombone or, yeah. or played a little bit of sax in high school and they want yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, there's been a few times over the years, uh, including my own son, where we've yes. kind of taken a talent gown approach yes uh, and to jazz too and invited some folks in from the outside yes um, and and I love that because it's actually worked as a recruiting tool for sure. us sure and just built connections through the music that have turned out to be very positive for us I think mean, we've done that a lot of on so I know when you were first here uh, Tony Marie uh, yeah, Tony Marie Marie Marie, here, right. and of course yeah. she's now faculty member at the University of Kentucky <laughs> teaching oboe yeah. and has played with a lot of major orchestras and so forth right. and uh, has uh, has, a, has her DMA from Juilliard so right. um, uh, it's fun to look back at students like that who have been part of our program while they were actually in high school right. and um, and you know also great to look at students who who were here studying music that uh, you know, a lot of them have gone on to teach, but there are others like Joe Ekman, who I'd love to mention. Yes. Who's a, who's a very uh, successful dentist yes. now, right? Yes. Out in the Kenneth Square area. But who, still a musician. But still a musician. <laughs> probably a musician first. Exactly. Joe doesn't mind me saying that, because I know that's true. Uh, but, you know, both Joe and his wife Liz were students here, and Joe yes. played in the jazz ensemble and was an incredible leader in that group. Yes. And now, to think about the way that that has influenced his life and the the in his own work today is remarkable and you know the thing about jazz too and, and of course I love classical music and that's my training and and I'm grateful for that but there's something about the way we have to go through our everyday lives that 
Um, knowing a little bit about improvisation and, and being good on your feet and thinking ahead, there's yes. some value to oh, that. Oh, yes. <laughs> and and um, I think the, the constraints yet the freedom that we find in jazz uh, is an incredible metaphor for the, for the way that we have to manage our own lives and our careers and families and all of those things. And for that reason, it's, it, you know, it's just one of my favorite things to do. And I'm grateful so grateful for the chance to stand in front of an incredible big band here for so many years. I'm reminded of the, the jazz teacher. I, I, I read this once that uh, he said the problem with classical musicians is they're too worried about playing wrong notes. <laughs> <laughs> and that we are. <laughs> and that probably is something you can apply to your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. But you know it's going to happen. So just, yeah, so just roll with it. You know, a way around it, right? Just figure out a way out of it. That's right. That's so right. The old uh, they're not mistakes, they're opportunities. <laughs> Philosophy. Oh, well, it's been fabulous to talk about all of this, and I'm looking forward to your concert on, uh, on Saturday night. And uh, thank you so much, uh, despite the fact that you barely made the cut. I am so really, really grateful that you're willing to come be part of this podcast. <laughs> it's been my pleasure, Richard. Thank you very so, much. Thank you. Yes. All right. <laughs> This is Richard Robertson from the Dean's Office.